him. Whoa. This is Drew here with a pulse and my little sister, actually, and also best friend Derek, who, who may or may not have a pulse that we never know. You're listening to a new release, a movie podcast with a time traveling twist. Ashley, when on earth are we? <laughs> well, it's the summer of 1990. Malls are packed. George Bush has just kicked off Operation Desert Shield. And meanwhile, a new movie starring Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon, and one of the Baldwin brothers hit theaters this weekend, August 10th, 1990. Wow, that sounds uh, very exciting. Let's, let's just go to the movies right now. All right. Today's a good day to die. It was a daring experiment. I'm going next. They were trying to find the answers to life. Why are you doing this? To see if there's anything out there beyond death. But they weren't ready for what followed them back. You withheld information that's the same as lying. They're not real. Keeper Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Flatliners, rated R. Starts Friday, August 10th at select theaters. All right. So yeah, we just we're we just got back from the theater. That was us before going to the theater and through the magic of editing, not time travel. Now we're back from the theater. We saw Flatliners. Ashley, did you know before we talk about, you know, our experience from the future, did you know anything about this movie or have you had any similar experiences with dying? I've never heard of this movie, which I was kind of surprised by given the cast of yeah. everyone that I'd want to see in a movie. Um, but I almost died once. <laughs> well, we don't need to hear about that. <laughs> Just kidding. <Yeah. laughs> what the um, hell happened? So Drew and I are related. We're brother and sister. And we went whitewater rafting. And the raft flipped over. And I saw my life flash before my eyes. So I think I remember. You know, you would think I, were, <laughs> I remember this. Um, <laughs> I was probably worried about saving myself but probably <laughs> I, what i do remember is like the really scary warnings that they give you we went on a couple of these trips and they mm -hmm. like warn you that if you go under in a rapid the worst thing that can happen is you get like sucked under the the rapids pull you under a rock and you just can't and then you're just stuck there like if you just get yeah. pulled under the water you'll come out in water and you'll come back up eventually mm -hmm. but yeah you can get lodged under a rock so how long were you under I honestly don't even know. Three minutes, I just remember four minutes, five, six minutes. <laughs> um, no, I just remember I was 18. I remember being like, well, I liked my life. I'm good. Oh my God. I had like a very moment shit. of like serenity. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So. so you, you were sort of primed for the movie. I mean, <laughs> sort of, yeah. like you did have a, a vision of mm -hmm. some sort. I mean, like kind of a, a afterlife early afterlife experience. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've never had anything like that. I was popped right back up, held onto the raft. Matter of fact, I flipped it. Um, <laughs> okay. <and> so, <laughs> so strong. Was, well, I was just prepared for it. Um, uh, yeah, no, I've never experienced anything quite like that or what the characters experienced in this movie. Um, as far as the movie goes, I was, I, this is one of those that you go into it thinking I knew of the plot and I knew of the, I knew of it in pop culture, but I wasn't sure if I had seen any of it or not. And it turns out it was a hundred percent new to me. <laughs> so first timers here, unless uh, Derek had seen this movie or you can also talk about any experience you've had like that. 
No, I haven't seen the movie, but it does. It, it did remind me of uh, when I was younger, a group of friends would intentionally make themselves pass out from the lack of oxygen and they would just be passed out. I don't know. You like try and make yourself hyperventilate and then someone pushes really hard into your chest right. and it makes you just crumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did that in shop class. I never did it, but I watched people do it. Yeah. I never boys did are it stupid. Either. Hey, this one's well, not. <laughs> I agree. Boys are stupid. And so is Julia Roberts in this movie. Yep. She's one of the one of the, one of the crazy kids <laughs> that are experimenting <laughs> with uh, the afterlife. What's crazy? I mean, we've all you've just described something that a significant portion of people have experimented with. And then there's people that there's like an erotic component to it um, for some fetishes. There's certainly a lot of curiosity around both whether you can experience any uh, taste of life after death or just the rush of like coming that close and then, and then coming back. So what's crazy about this movie is that they're just immediately like on board with it. Yeah. But maybe that's cause it's, it's a more common thing than you would think. I, I mean, Ashley, were you surprised kind of by how they, how quickly they started, you know, escalating this, this experiment? Yeah. I thought they would do more of like test runs at the same amount of time, but to go from like, what was it a minute to start with the Nelson going under to like, four and a half minutes like it was a minute and then they added like another minute they added i was like that's pretty extreme to flatline for that long um but not knowing like the side effects or after effects made everyone look more curious which makes sense if he's like oh nelson can do it i should do it too and see what happens but yeah they were all we should say they're all medical students there's um it's basically a core cast of like five with with julia kevin bacon oliver platt keeper sutherland and all and uh well william baldwin yeah um and they're going to their medical classes in this crazy like cathedral for some (laughs) for some reason i didn't get that i have no idea what the what the location was supposed to be but uh it looks really cool Mm -hmm. and then Kiefer Sutherland's character has the idea that you can, it seems like they're, before you see the first time they do it, it seems like they have kind of a pretty uh, strict plan in place, but every time they do it, you think they're going to die. I mean, that's for (laughs) dramatic purposes of the movie, but Mm -hmm. there's every time it doesn't go as planned or they don't, they're not able to resuscitate the person as planned yeah and it's a near death it's a well it's a it's not a near death death experience experience. (laughs) it's a death experience but it's they're barely able to bring them back to life so it's a near life yeah experience is near life (laughs) (laughs) so i was you know i was very disturbed that they wanted to keep trying it because the the person who goes under doesn't really know everything they had to go through to bring them back but Mm -hmm. all the other witnesses that were there and i guess they they they're recording it so the person who goes under could see it as well um, they know, and yet yeah. they're immediately like bidding against one another to see who can go next, which is just kind of crazy. Um, but yeah. I feel like out of all the people, Julia Roberts had the most like legitimate reason to go back. Yeah. So before I do want to talk about like each character's journey, mm-hmm. but how surprised or excited were you by the first time? So Kiefer goes down, goes under first. 
And do you want to describe kind of what he sees and, and how that takes place? Sure. So he goes under and he's in this like field. The sun's out. It's beautiful. It's like these kids playing. There's like a dog running with them. And then all of a sudden it switches from this like light, beautiful moment to this like dark, they like enter into the, to this forest and turn into this like dark blue, black, gray, like film coloring. Um, and then you see, I don't know if this memory, but then you see these kids like taunting this other kid who's in a tree and you're like, oh shit, like something's, something's wrong. And then yeah. it gets pulled out of it. Yeah, exactly. The longer you stay under the worse and worse things seem to get. But when you first, when you first enter this kind of like afterlife, mm -hmm. uh, it was like, um, there was a, a jet plane zooming across the top of the, the, the yeah. meadow. I was not expecting it. It really caught me out by surprise that they so quickly went into, I thought they were going to leave it ambiguous mm -hmm. to some extent, whether or not you experience anything, but I guess they want to use the fact that the people come back so convinced. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in their minds when they come back that they, that they experience something. Um, and the other characters kind of pick up on that and want to go on their own, on their own journey as well. Um, but yeah, the movie quickly turns to the side effects of <laughs> messing with these powers. And <laughs> what did you think of all the like shifts and lighting and cinematography they used to convey the heaven versus hell kind of once they come back? Um, it got kind of old for me because it wasn't a surprise. So like yeah. you knew, like, so they said the tone was like, so lighting the movie is a significant predictor. So when it's a deep orange color, it's usually a sign of promise and positivity. And then when it turns to like the blue one I mentioned, it means something bad's going to happen. So I kind of, it took around, obviously it took away like the surprise effect, which I like in like a thriller movie where you're like, is this evil? Is it good? You're like, oh, it's evil. It's blue. So right. I don't know. I didn't really like that that much. At first I thought it was cool. Like in the dream sequence. And then I was like, oh, you brought it to real life. And so then every time it changes, like, you know, it, I mean, it exactly. It turns into very quickly, like, Kiefer Sutherland's character is seeing uh, dreamlike visions in real in in reality once mm -hmm. he's back that are kind of like something out of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like Billy, Ma Billy Mahoney. <laughs> yeah, his his beloved dog is like scooting across the oh, concrete. Oh yeah, I did not like with that. Its, with its back legs like crushed, mm -hmm. and like that happens really early on before anyone else has gone under. Right. Yep. Yeah. So did you think they point this out in the in the little uh, trailer that we heard? I mean, nothing about their experiment is ethical or moral. Um, I guess that's that's part of the point is that they're defying uh, their define their egos have gotten so big that they think they can play with life and death. Mm -hmm. But what about his decision to kind of withhold information? Was that just straight up evil or was he just kind of trying to suppress it i think i think he was just being really selfish because he wanted to keep the experiments going right so i don't know if it was evil per se he was just like super ego driven and wanted to just like see what happened to everyone else and then become famous because of it potentially yeah, there was like yeah. that weird underlying thing in that movie where they're like where they say something about that like wanting they to like speak to the afterlife oh i thought you're gonna you thought you were talking about the fame thing well, yeah, but but didn't he say something along those lines as well? Like, I wanted to be brought back, or someone wants to pl not playing God, but like 
a way to talk to other other people other people about his experience and become famous that way didn't he say something like that well i think the the part of their plan and so or their experiment that didn't really ring true at all to me was that i mean sure you could get famous by sharing your near-death experiences if you can somehow prove through this camcorder footage yeah, that you that your experience is more valid than the other people that they've like interviewed mm-hmm. um but i they kept all being like we're gonna get rich and famous off of this at least yeah. a couple of the guys like that uh, that didn't seem like the most important <laughs> part mm-hmm. of the of the plan um what do you make of the fact that kind of on a personal level people i mean including the white flash not to make light of it that that you saw while rafting i mean is there is there enough evidence from firsthand testimonials people that have nearly died or died and then been brought back that have these common visions uh is that evidence to you that there is some kind of afterlife i mean i that's tough i would like to think there is um, cause That's I did have, question. yeah. So <laughs> I would like to think there is only because I did really briefly experience something that felt different. Um, but then again, I was 18. Maybe I just like heard it in a movie and I thought that's what was supposed to happen. So in my head I, it happened, but it didn't really happen, you know? Um, yeah, but I do remember like the white light, which is very stereotypical and then like memories. And then I was just like, calm is what I felt. Y- yeah. So, so- there's um before i say anything about you know what i believe mm-hmm. um i can just kind of use a surrogate character and kevin bacon so he's the control in the experience or in the experiments because he's an atheist and when he goes under i think he i think his is kind of like a series a quick flashback uh, or you know like seeing his life flash before his eyes um and then he like uh, definitely comes back changed. Uh, yeah. Derek, can you play the clip of him on the train so we can kind of get a taste of like oh, the no. side effects for him? Do I know you? You don't know jack shit. Burt White, needle dick, cock bite, jug off, lip wrist, coral hole, banana breath, shit burp. So the characters bring it's hard to say if they like bring back um people that they've wronged from the past but these they're haunted by people that they've wronged from the past after they come back uh southern sutherland's character is chased by this billy character uh who he knocked out of a tree with a rock and so he follows him around yeah and he died he follows him around and beats him with with various uh shovels and other implements hockey stick and yeah yeah like is the movie it's weird it's weird that they chose like multiple characters to be confronting their bullying in the past mm-hmm. like what's <laughs> yeah i thought there would be like different themes with each one because julia yeah. roberts was very different but then you have the guy who like bullied the kid that fell out of the tree 
And then you have the one you just talked about with Bacon bullying the girl at the playground. Yeah. And then you have Baldwin, who is like a sex fiend that recorded and all filming these, and people filming all these girls they didn't know. Yeah. Um, and then you have Julia Roberts, who's like dad committed suicide. She always thought it was her fault. So right. like very differing. But I was on I was hoping that like one person would go under and then like they'd have reoccurring, like they'd keep doing it and then it'd build upon like their experience. It wouldn't be like all these like flashes of like one person doing it and like this is their experience. Like it felt too quick for me. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, they have to get through like everyone and then they finally eventually circle back to mm-hmm. Keeper Sutherland and he almost dies or he almost Multiple doesn't times. come back from from death. Mm-hmm. But they're even able to save him. Like pretty much everyone gets some sort of like Kevin Bacon has the most straightforward redemption arc. He just yeah. tracks down the person that we heard um, yelling the, when we're hearing them yelling insults. That's like his fantasy. He was insulting her when when they were kids. And so he finds her as an adult and makes mm-hmm. amends. And then is he just good from then on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as we see in the movie, like, mm-hmm. I don't but know. Does he go back under? He does no. not, I don't think. The no. only one that goes back is Keeper Sutherland's character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And Oliver Platt's character never goes under, right? Yeah. Nope. Um, I mean, since we didn't, you didn't elect to fall off the raft, um, right. <laughs> regardless of what the cause was. Uh, and We're paddling. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem if, if any of these characters knew the consequences. I don't think they would make the same decision, would they? I no. mean, I guess Kiefer does. Kiefer does, but he's he's just different than the other ones. I don't. He's think... got kind of a death wish. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's going to die anyway if he doesn't do it. Today's a yeah. good day to die. Yeah, that's yeah. the opening scene of the whole yeah. movie. His first line. So like, he's ready for it. <laughs> yeah. And then even when he goes under again, he calls Julia Roberts, basically saying like, "This is it." Right. You know, because admitting to like, "I'm good. I'm done." Um. Yet they yeah. save him. That they yeah. He tried to die and could, just couldn't. Um, but no, if I were in any of the other shoes, I would. And Keith or Southern came back and told everyone what happened. I'd be like, I'm good. Like, I wouldn't want to do it in the first place. But especially if like I'm getting haunted by my past, like, why would I sign up for that? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think the squeeze is worth the juice or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's what did you think? So this is the director. This is director Joel Schumacher. Um, who directed the second two Batman movies, Forever, or Returns, and then Forever. Um, some sort of campy stuff going on, although he took over for from Tim Burton, so maybe he thought he was taking it in a bit of a more serious direction. But this movie, like, what did you think of the tone of this movie? I mean, did you enjoy the campiness, or was it like distracting. <laughs> I, I thought it was distracting. I mean, if I were to do a movie like this, take notes, social marker, just kidding. Um, I would make it darker. Like if you're going to make it about flatlining, like make it like more horror and gory and like just darker in general. I just felt like it was, it was just kind of odd. It felt odd to me. I couldn't get a, like a handle or a grasp on like if it was going to be like funny moments or if it's just going to be like kind of scary, but not even scary enough to care it kind of fell in a weird gray area for me. That, that makes sense. I, I actually think I was more entertained because of those choices. Like Derek just quoted, like him screaming, it's a good day to die, like in the first three seconds of the yeah. movie. And then the 
soundtrack blaring whatever score there was mm-hmm. the way that the 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 afterlife scenes were shot like it was top gun um like yeah. at first <laughs> they were all kind of shot in different ways but the first one was kind of unintentionally hilarious and then the super obvious but enjoyable lighting effects that you described uh, one particular moment that comes to mind is the this movie is randomly set on halloween at least one of the 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 days is halloween oh yeah mm-hmm. then do y'all remember the the halloween party where they just show like these crazy masked med, med students on bikes cruising around a fire i didn't even remember that i only remember the baldwin brother showing up he, he's like a skeleton the guy was like oh you have a are you boner skeleton or some joke like that That's yeah. all i remember about oh right yeah are you are you boner yeah yeah i was like uh-huh. uh, I, I don't know I don't there's remember that scene yeah it's like a, it, it turns into a music video for a second oh, okay. the entire environment that they're in makes no sense to me yeah that, the place that they flatlined mm-hmm. in it looks like some sort of post-apocalyptic chapel that was you know invaded by zombies or something well and someone was restoring it at one point and then yeah. they decided to use it for their like test room and they're also uh, okay. lear- are they also learning there too right i thought it was the same place they were taking their their lessons yeah but then it, then in a very short period of time exactly it was under under repair and leaking and the power was out and <laughs> it could have been like the penguins uh underground sewer at, at one point like yeah. that type of setting like it, it made no sense but it was really cool looking mm-hmm. um it was like yeah. Kiefer's apartment was really cool looking yeah his apartment <laughs> is awesome I just love in these early 90s movies and movies in general everyone has like this is set in Chicago I think but mm-hmm. any kind of metropolitan city they have the most industrial uh beautiful like loft apartments just like actually ghost. yeah Actually, it might be, gosh, was it Kevin? No, it's William Baldwin's character who has like the even crazier loft. Yeah, with a circular staircase. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Let's talk about uh, the cast. So this is pretty early on in some of their careers. This is our at least our second Kevin Bacon movie. Uh, He's looking pretty similar in hair and style to Tremors in (laughs) this Julia, oh yeah, and Julia Roberts made her breakout in Pretty Woman earlier mm-hmm. this year. This is a pretty big turn for those yeah. two. What, I don't know. How did you enjoy seeing these actors all assembled together? I thought I would like it more. <laughs> Not the best use of. No, I was just like, because yeah, Julia Roberts coming off a of Pretty Woman. She's like an incredible actress, and her role was fine in this movie. Sometimes I feel like you maybe have too many like heavy hitters or like up and coming heavy hitters. It's just, it's too much for me. Yeah. That's why I think I still wanted it to be like one main storyline. Like when you have like four or five storylines with like big act, it's just kind of convoluted, kind of messy. Right. They remade this movie with, uh, one of the girls from vampire diaries. Oh, and like, it just came and went with no real attention paid to it. I want to say 2016 or something. Um, but yeah like they weren't big stars at the time so it's not shocking that they got them all together but it's shocking Mm -hmm. that they just randomly all had such big careers after this um and i guess Kiefer. so uh schumacher also directed the lost boys i'm pretty sure um so he had a relationship with Kiefer. Kiefer is definitely the the star Mm -hmm. uh the hero -hero. anti-hero 
yeah. of the story. Um, were you satisfied kind of with where the story ends up? Did it, did he deserve salvation? No. <laughs> I was confused by that too. I thought I'm surprised I honestly, he didn't die. Yeah. yeah. I thought of all the people flatlining. I was like, someone has to die. Like one person. Like I would have bet money on it. Like one person's not going to come back. Right. They all kept coming back. And then he goes over again and goes under again. I'm like, you know, like this guy, this kid did die because of maybe because of his bullying. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like he's been. Oh, he definitely did. I mean, it wasn't bullying, like, like yelling insults. They were, they were hurling rocks. Yeah. And knocked him out of the tree. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) but it just felt like, and then when he and his dream sequence or afterlife sequence or whatever, when he was falling out of the tree and fell, I was like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. I didn't know. It was like, oh no, the boy's like forgiving him. Yeah. The rules of their, what happens in a dream. There's that, I don't know if it's a myth or just something you're Can told you dry, when you're, die in a dream. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you die in a dream, you die for real. Maybe that's just a nightmare on Elm street logic, Maybe, uh, but it wasn't, it was clear enough. I actually found the, uh, some of the dream sequences and some of the hell on earth moments genuinely disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said with the dog and, and things like that, but it was, I don't know. I, overall, I was, I was pretty thrilled by the movie throughout. Like the premise is ridiculous. We get like five different, uh, flatlining uh, scenes and each time, you know, it's going to be really touch and go <laughs> and they're not going to, yeah. they're probably not going to bring him back. Oh wait, they're going <laughs> to oh, bring they him did. back. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be power failed. We got yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I was, I was on board for the, the ride pretty much, pretty much the whole way through. No, I don't think Kiefer needed to survive. It wasn't mm-hmm. that type of movie to where it was going to be a crowd pleaser or <laughs> right. needed a happy ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. Did you think it was scary? Like, did you find those scenes scary or like, do you wish they were darker or you're good with just like how he did it? I th- I thought they were scary enough considering kind of the camping the campiness um, when he's being attacked by the invisible when Kiefer's being uh, attacked in the car by the invisible kid I mean it's sort of Fight Clubish where you have to if you want to try to figure out what's happening he's like attacking himself I guess yeah um, but I thought that scene was where kind of an invisible force is chasing him stalking him around the car and whenever they let their guard down they're going to get attacked i mean most of the scary scenes involved kiefer i would say Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah i i I thought it was i wouldn't call it a horror movie but i thought it was as scary as a nightmare on elm street movie for the most part oh i think nightmare on elm street is so much scarier (laughs) in premise even though it's camp execution yeah not always um like legitimate terror so right <laughs> yeah and this was you know the last thing it reminded me of is kind of uh lynch light the surrealist elements kind of that early scene with uh with the dog that we keep mm-hmm. <laughs> that keeps haunting me um the way they would show things like a flashing light guiding them around a corner or something these long uh alleyway shots yeah i found it kind of enjoyably surreal 
disturbingly surreal at, at times. Okay. <laughs> I guess you can Derek, have your opinion. Derek, where do you land between too not dark enough and, and fun and camping? Somebody should have died. That's for sure. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. it was <laughs> no consequences. En- entertaining <laughs> enough to, to enjoy watching it. Cool. Um, well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Flatliners later in the show. In the meantime, Ashley is going to escort us into a dark alley down to a speakeasy <laughs> where there is someone performing beat poetry inspired by this movie, of all things. It's, it's, it's me. Yeah. Oh, and it's you. <laughs> that explains it. Surprise. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <clears throat> Poem about flatliners <clears throat> well this cast was incredible let's start with that you have roberts bacon baldwin's sutherland and platt these medical students want to see what life is after you die don't worry they only flatline for a few minutes no need to say goodbye but the really haunting piece is that their past is now alive a tortured boy a bullied girl at school a suicidal dad a sex fiend's conquest let's take a deeper dive <laughs> now the concept of death has always been quite intriguing, always searching for that deeper meaning. The past will begin to appear all around you. What's a dream? I, am I awake? Is any of this real? Watch Nightmare on Elm Street for a similar but scarier movie feel. Don't worry. They all conquered their demons and escape ending up in a casket. However, this movie is at a thrift store somewhere collecting dust. I'm sure of it in a whisker basket in a wicker basket. That's it. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I mean, a little bit of a unnecessary burn at the end but that's fine <laughs> why well, I, I mean you could yeah it's my poem <laughs> yeah fair, fair enough Ooh. oh no <laughs> we got a mixed reaction from the crowd yeah um, fine. yeah so that's it for our opening segment we are going to take a quick break from our discussion of flatliners while we tune our dials to nr94 new release Radio. I wonder what's playing on the radio right now. All All right. you just heard was the other side by Aerosmith. Thank you, Steven Tyler, for such a perfect tie-in. That track just moved up eight spots to number 26 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of August 10th, 1990. But of course, now it's time for everyone's favorite segment and only segment. The reason we're here on new re- new release radio rank the blank. Pew pew pew. It's the This is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week's topic, most extreme way to get a rush. (laughs) The only criteria that I came up with this week, which was certainly ignored because I put it in after our selections were made, is that it should be something that people do in real life and in movies. So not something that's just like completely fabricated. So um, not like the Matrix, jumping exactly. into the Matrix, the Matrix, or like Inception, or or something mm. like that. Um, although okay. you know, I guess you could try to have dreams within a dream, but but yeah, real life activities that we may have experienced or at least could, and then bonus points 
So this will factor into my argument, but I feel like of course, of course bonus yeah, points duh. if you can see the appeal in it. So not that just something that's like so dumb and ridiculous, you would never try it. Bonus but points for me too then. Sucka. Okay, well, there we go. Um, Ashley, before we get into our choices, can you hit us with some honorable mentions that didn't make the cut? Yeah, so <laughs> these are crazy. Um, ice cross karting. So it's basically go-karting on ice. <laughs> Didn't make it mega avalanche bike racing. You can just, you know what that is. <laughs> um, let's see hell heli skiing, which I've heard. I have people that do this in my life, so it's pretty cool. I understand oh, the appeal. Movies. You drop out of a helicopter onto the yep, slope, yeah. onto a mountain, and then you ski down. Um, slacklining, which seems terrifying, especially Ice. if you're doing it between two cliffs or yeah, over, but you're usually, yeah. but you're harnessed in. So like, that's safer. Um, mm -hmm. Ice climbing, which they can break off and you can die. Everything you can die in this, obviously. Um, <laughs> just bungee jumping, pretty basic. Skydiving, extreme kayaking, which looks mm. terrifying. And canyoning, which is not something I would ever want to do. Have you heard? Okay. Have you heard of canyoning, Drew? No. Is that just like climbing down or uh, hanging out in the canyon? So it's called also known as gorge walking. So it involves swimming through rocks and pools and climbing over other rocks and sliding through narrow cracks. So think of the, the, the descent, but like with water. No, no <laughs> Did y'all, I, I don't know if I showed y'all this, this viral video from recently where a dude goes through like a, a tunnel in rocks and comes out like 15 seconds later, maybe longer into the, into the pool of water, but he like, it's, he can barely squeeze through. Nope. It's, it's the most disturbing thing. Like, it it uh, takes way 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 too long for him to come out the other oh, the no. other side. No no yeah. no. It is it'll give you a panic attack just watching it. Perfect. So, great. Yeah. Hey, I feel great. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, Ashley, did we have any um responses to our Instagram poll this week? Yeah. So we had robbing a bank like in the town. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Ultimate Rush. Um. Aspen Extreme, which is about extreme skiing. Yep. And all the nice Fast movie. and Furious movies. So yeah, driving Ooh. stuff. We mm -hmm. had um Days of Thunder as a movie earlier. Um yeah. car so. stuff. Car stuff, jet stuff, um <laughs> helicopter good, stuff. Good. Yeah, yeah, helicopter stuff. Um <laughs> good responses. So let's get into our choices, starting of course with the uh honorary nominee, flatlining from none other than flatliners. Oh. Certainly a pretty strong contender. Um, we'll talk more about its merits as we move through our choices. Ashley, what is yours going to be? So mine is free climbing or rock climbing without any ropes attached, yeah. which is terrifying. But in free solo, he free solos El Capitan, which is in Yosemite, which I've seen in real life. And it's fucking humongous. And I can't believe that was a real thing that happened. Yeah, that's nuts. And a lot of people have died doing this activity. Yeah, the majority it's, of people. Well, if you do it long enough, yeah, yeah. you're going to have some accidents. Mm -hmm. um, have you done any rock climbing? I have not just indoor. So yeah. not outside <laughs> and not free climbing. Just well, there's like boulder. I mean, you I've know, bouldering. Bouldering, you can do occasional risky activities, but nothing like climbing a uh, <laughs> an well, entire, yeah. And yeah, the first mountain. time I, I bouldered was in New Jersey and I fell and they had the mats and even I sprained my ankle. So I don't there think I'll go. be like climbing a mountain outside. Yeah. It's, do you have a fear Maybe. of heights? 
Uh, no. Okay. So even without that, it's, <laughs> it's still extremely scary. Mm -hmm. um, for me, uh, this is a, this would probably, if I wasn't um, in the podcast slash web design industry, then my third choice for a career profession would be storm chasing. Um, much like, you know, lots of kids, when you first see, when you see Twister for the first time, you, I developed this sick fascination with storms and, you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, any kind of extreme weather event um, that, you know, I haven't really done any adult storm chasing. We used to get pretty gnarly um, storms in our neighborhood growing up. And I remember in walking around exploring the aftermath, but Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't allowed to go play in the active microbursts, which yeah. are like mini tornadoes. Uh, so I would, the, the reason I brought up the appeal thing is obviously this checks the, the box big time of something that I would do and not really, you don't realize the risks. I mean, I'm basing this mostly on Twister, but it's like, <laughs> it's all fun and games until all of a sudden, like the tornado yeah. shifts like a few degrees and you're right in its path. Like tornadoes have very narrow, but ex obviously extremely destructive paths. So mm -hmm. the tiniest shift can put you in uh, deadly danger. So yeah. I would do it because it doesn't seem that scary until it's too late, probably. Until you die. Um, <laughs> yeah. Derek, what about you? Well, mine is uh, turning on a football game. <laughs> However... <laughs> The way that you have to turn the football game on is uh, <laughs> it's Vin Diesel in Triple X, uh, <laughs> one, okay. one of which films. And he skis down a mountain that doesn't have snow. So he's skiing down rocks and on people's roofs in like shanty towns. And then he grabs a skateboard and then skates down the mountain to avoid what what the viewer sees as a DEFCON one event. Hmm. And he essentially just powers on a a TV that can then play the football game that everybody wants to watch. What? <laughs> so I'm, the plot of that movie. Does that, that I, make any sense? I've no, but it, I bet so the I movie doesn't either. Yeah. Yeah. No, the it. movie doesn't make sense. Okay. So I'm not going to blame you. It's the intro scene to triple X. One of the, wow. one of the movies he skis down the mountain, then somehow grabs a skateboard, continues down the mountain, gets to the place with the TV and then turns on soccer. It's a entire uh, extra action. extreme what's yeah. the point of that he just doesn't want to miss the game yeah he's a hero he doesn't want other people to miss the game um, oh. sorry to bore y'all very quickly <laughs> with a, a dream i had last night but it's, okay. it's real related um i don't know exactly why i was trying to catch up to this truck that was driving like on a lower plane uh than i was it wasn't like down a mountain or anything, but it was a neighborhood with really steep hills and like sandy hills. So for some reason, I jumped on a um, toilet bowl, like the whole, <laughs> not just the, not just the rim, like something you could slide on, like the entire upright commode, oh, the whole toilet, the whole toilet. And I had it at a, at a um, angle such that I could stand on the bowl and surf down the hillside <laughs> into the toilet. Extreme I mean, into toilet the, bowl the truck. Surfing? I even, there was even a ramp I had to get over and they were like watching me in the truck. I was trying to meet up with whoever and make an entrance. And I just landed it perfectly so that I could just like scoot right from the, the toilet bowl to the truck. What? <laughs> no idea what inspired that, but it would, it would, it was pretty extreme. 
Red Bull, take notes. Yeah. <laughs> Next extreme. Um, Toileting. <laughs> so with that in mind, um, okay. Ashley, where do you think flatlining? The only thing flatlining doesn't really, or the only knock against it I can think off the top of my head is that it's probably not something anyone would do in real life, at least not as yeah. depicted in the movie. Yeah. So for that, it'll go to the bottom <laughs> for me. Okay. Or maybe um, third about Derek's because I don't really get it. Yeah, but Derek's is kind of a mashup. It's 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 individual activities that Double people extreme. do in yeah. real life, but maybe the way they're depicted aren't exactly realistic. Um, yeah. You know, Twister takes some liberties with storm chasing, I'm sure, but ultimately it's uh, it's probably accurate enough for and our storm purposes here. Seems exciting. Yeah. It does. Like, I totally get it. Even as like an adult and not a child anymore, it still seems pretty cool until it's not. So do we have um, a competition at the top between free climbing and storm chasing? Um, well, you added in like that last bit of like bonus points if you can see the appeal. So I can see the appeal more in storm chasing than I can in rock climbing. So for well, that. No, but a ton of people, I mean, more people do free climbing than storm chasing. Not to hurt my own case, but. Yeah. Well, I was for, just trying to say from my you. perspective. Yeah. yeah. But overall, I mean, especially living in Colorado, huge rock climbing community yeah. and free soloing a lot, I'm sure. Um, I guess I take back what I said, because the point of this exercise chasers. is, well, the point of this exercise is our personal bringing our personal. But you just uh, added that. So I feel like that shouldn't even be counted. What added what? Added that bonus points. If you can see the appeal, you added that before, after I added my clip. Well, the whole movie cheat. is like they're choosing to do it so the appeal for them is to get a glimpse of life after death but the appeal with these activities i guess is more about the rush in the moment so i don't know we'll let derek decide um even since his is getting a distant third uh derek free climbing or storm chasing what is more uh the more extreme activity with the rush that has an appeal most think extreme the, way to get a rush. Views. Think of the beautiful views when you're rock climbing. I have been bouldering outside and I've also done rappelling on pretty big mountains. And that is by far more extreme than chasing a storm. So I, I can on a personal level, my so the my backup option, which I couldn't use, was cliffhanger. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. So I guess I'm I guess I'm with you. I can't really argue because I was gonna pick Woo! a very similar <laughs> I win, I win. All right, good job. Ashley Thank Thank number you. one, storm chasing number two, Derek number three with skiing and snowboarding and whatever the fuck. <laughs> and watching else. a football game. Yeah, soccer game. And Diesel does and then flatlining is dead without a pulse. Ashley, well, finally. You get your reward. Play my clip, please. All right. If I had that. We should keep track. Your triple X. This is your movie. The danger. <laughs> oh, no. whoops. Bill. Whoops. <laughs> I was All like, right. uh. Free Derek solo. Derek just thought he was going to win. <laughs> All right. Ashley wins. She gets to play her free solo clip. Perfect. Really hard for me to grasp why he wants this. But if he doesn't do this stuff, he'd regret it. Everybody who has made free soloing a big part of their life is dead now. I haven't been injured in like seven years. I suddenly start getting injured all the time. What if something happens? Oh. What if I don't see him again? 
Damn. Oh, that yeah. makes you tear up. Okay, that was a fun clip. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now Sorry, for Twister. Like cliffhanger. <laughs> um, it's just the risk of it. It's I, very, I need it's to watch dangerous. that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I think it even won maybe the best documentary award that yeah, year. Yeah, it did. It won a couple awards. All right. Well, congrats to Ashley for picking the most extreme activity to get a rush. Thank you. I think that concludes this week's edition of Rank the Blank. And now we are going to sign off on new release radio for the week and give our final thoughts on Flatliners. But before we do, let's listen to one more hot track. It's scooting up to number 28 <laughs> on this week's Billboard Top 100. Tic-tac-toe is a game I used to play. When I was little, I used to say, I got the X and I got the O. It don't matter when you tic-tac-toe. Now I'm a little bit bolder. I like to play just a little bit older. I like getting girls and giving them pearls and them legs across my shoulders. Oh, <laughs> that got aggressive. Yeah. I thought it was going to rhyme tic-tac-toe with hell, but he didn't. So. Uh, yeah, Sh- shoulders. See, that's how you rhyme right there. Um, oh, and shoulder. Take that, shoulder. Jamie. <laughs> this this is how you <laughs> I was gonna start the song back over that was Kuiper with Tic-Tac-Toe a track that uses instrumental samples from Owner of a Lonely Heart hmm okay. so now back to our feature presentation oh yeah we removed the radio sound effect so, <laughs> Ashley what is the early buzz on Flatliners it's a 50-50 mix. Okay. Love it or hate it. But I do have a mall person and a movie critic review if you guys want to hear them. Yes. Showdown. Cool. All right. <clears throat> Creative concept with an all-star cast. However, it fell flat towards the end. One. Mm. Flatliners is an original intelligent thriller well-directed by Joel Schumacher. That's what we get to work with this week? Yeah. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're playing the game again. We're picking which one was a mall person. Yep. Um, I'm thinking mall person. I'm just going to go against what I think. I'm going to say mall person's number two, movie critics number one. Yeah, that's, I was thinking along the same lines, but I'm going to not go against uh, the obvious. So I have to say mall person number one. Mall person one. <laughs> okay. Uh, See, Roger Ebert number two. <laughs> I should have gone with my gut. The mall person couldn't resist the wordplay. Yeah. Nope. I couldn't. I couldn't. They, or they couldn't. couldn't. Yeah. I fixed it. Uh, <laughs> So, and as far as awards, it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Effects and Sound Effects Editing and nominated for some other science fiction film awards, but did not win anything. It did, yeah, it was nominated for an actual Academy Award, which is yeah. kind of surprising. Sound, I, I mean, sound editing. But. but yeah, it wasn't the actual actors or anything. It was just... Right. Um, and then as far as recommendations, would you guys recommend this to a person coming out of the movies? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. True. Okay. A little bit of a lackluster. Yes. Uh, if I sense the tone in your, <laughs> your low pulse voice uh, for me, definitely. Yeah. I'm going to say shock to the heart. You're to blame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say go for it. Yeah. Definitely see it. Hi- highly recommend. I'm going to say you can pass. You can watch pretty woman again or something else. Um, so, cool. so as far as the box office goes, did it make it? Let's see. Number one at oh. the box office this week is not Ghost, it is not Post Flatliners. Ghosts Flatliners. 
Whoa. Whoa. Flatliners edged That's out surprising. Ghost with 10 million and Flatliners at, I mean, in, in Ghost at 9.4. Oh. So, hmm. yeah. Dang. Problem Child sliding down. That's the last movie we watched, right? Yeah. yeah terrible. Yeah, sliding down. We took a week <laughs> off, but yeah, Problem Child is hanging in there with 5 million at number, at number fifth. <laughs> in number fifth place and number the number and fifth of the five arachnophobia sliding to number eight so oh, this I was like a, i don't know what the expectations for flatliners were but it was number one for at least one week and as we've pointed out ghost has been out for five weeks now mm-hmm. and it's just just chugging along 10 million arachnophobia has been out for a while too yeah arachnophobia has been out for four and and so it's it's losing steam but i think it was a, a modest hit Mm-hmm. So um, on a scale of one to 90, how nineties is this movie music, wardrobe, actors, tropes, etc. So currently in standings, we have teenage mutant Ninja turtles with 89 out of 90 house party, which I still love 84 out of 90 and pretty woman with 82 out of 90. Yeah. So I mean, in? actors, big fat. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, premise i mean the the genre and premise and score like joel schumacher this was his his heyday with the batman movies coming out um not that he i mean he was a name because of the success of those superhero movies but i feel like the style of the movie was very early 90s um kind of the intentional or unintentional campiness and stylized i just don't think you'd see the afterlife portrayed as told through like a first person jet engine yeah. uh, by very many in very many other time periods. So, I mean, it's, it's not going to crack the top three, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. 60 to seventies to range. Yeah. I was going to say 67. <laughs> Interesting. So, 60 Eric, I'm, good. I, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So 67. Okay. So, what do we want to include in the new release gift shop? It's getting kind of creative mm. lately. So each week when we watch the movie, we take something from the movie and make it our own and put it in the gift shop and sell it. So right now, we have <laughs> some accessories for tarantulas from Rachnophobia. Mm-hmm. I think little cute little boots and vests and backpacks. Um, a flipped up hot pink visor from... Your movie. Watching. I fucking forgot the name. <laughs> I brought this one back into, into circulation. I know you from, threw me off. From Side Out. Yeah. Side out. I was like, spike it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from Problem Child, we have a water slash urine squirting bow tie. You never know what you're going to get. I already forgot we introduced that into the, yeah. <laughs> into the shop. <laughs> so what do we want to do from this movie? Yeah. Good question. Um, suicide pills that have a like, uh, uh? A, so a combination cyanide plus whatever drug Adrenaline. will bring you back to life. Yeah. Mm. This one's gonna be a tough. I don't one. like that. Okay, well, yeah. What do you What do you think? Don't be such a wuss. I was thinking of a camcorder. <laughs> oh my god, that's lame. <laughs> well, I don't oh, want to oh. do death pills. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about no? How about like a um, one of those photos? You know, when you go to an amusement park and you can put yourself into a music video. Yes. How about we add a like a life after death booth into our shop? And you can put yourself into your your like post life fantasy. <laughs> okay. You can choose from a range of post life music videos, and <laughs> you can kind of like superimpose using '90s technology yourself into that 
kind of choppy kind of you know grainy yeah i don't know did we ever do that i like remember them being there but i don't remember doing one i've always always watched people look like idiots doing them and i just stand outside because this would have been like in the early Mm nineties or you know mid 90s that we were going a lot yeah Um, no i'm good with like an afterlife experience experience yeah some goggles on it's like vr but it's a music video okay yeah yeah and it's going to be kind of like crude like it's not going to be state-of-the-art oculus rift yeah, yeah, style yeah. vr That's it's fine. gonna be 90s 90s early 90s vr all right cool <laughs> right. Well, Love I, it. I, uh, that was, that shouldn't cost i mean i'm sure we were making enough off of all these urine soaked bow ties to yeah to we can make that. it out of cardboard anyway so it's fine uh, out of our cool spider life. cardboard box all right um, cool all right so what's next week Next week, I am really excited about our movie. Uh, this is going to be the third film in a series that basically popularized the horror genre and caused people to faint and scream and run out of the theater no, back no. in the early 70s. This is the number three of this franchise. Derek? Ugh. The creator of the original Exorcist is back with a terror unlike any ever known just behind this door. (laughs) William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3. (laughs) That's me playing keyboard. (laughs) Musical engineer over here. Yeah, so we have Exorcist 3. All I know about the franchise is that People didn't love the second Exorcist. Obviously, the first one needs no introduction. But the third one has quite the cult following. I have not seen it. I, based on the little bit of uh, footage I've seen in the coming attractions at the theater this week, I am super excited. What about y'all? This is my least favorite type of horror movie because it's the scariest. It is creepy. It's It's so scary. Probably not the same tone as the early one. So Okay. Yeah. Still scary. Just by looking at stills of the images, I was like, uh. Yeah. So Ashley's scared. Derek, what about you? I'm scared as well. I don't know what it is about this film or the the original in this concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could happen to you. And if you, (laughs) like us, want to find out what it's like to be possessed by the devil himself, then you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Ashley, take it away. That's a wrap.